Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Joe here with the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 77. My guest this evening is Sam Bam Colton. Sam is a guitar player in three different bands that I'm aware of. One of them being Butterside, probably my favorite band right now. Another one being Faster Pussycat, which used to be probably one of my favorite bands. And then a third is a band called Dorothy that I've just recently started listening to. All three great bands. Check them all out if you haven't heard them. My guest, Sam Bam Colton, on this week's episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show. Sam, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, can you, uh, do you hear any static on your end? Um, no, not now. Okay. I was hearing just a very, very slight bit, but uh, not really. All right, all right. You know, they. I have a uh, one of those huge towers by my house, and they installed something new on it not too long ago, and ever since I get this massive radio interference oh that's great yeah fantastic uh, does, do, I, do i sound okay on your end to you yeah yeah you sound great on my end except my radio static i didn't know if you could hear that though. <laughs> no it's uh only a little bit but it's uh it's not like over your voice or anything it's it's very faint in the background and it's completely tolerable cool okay okay where are you right now are you in california or are you on tour i am in california right now Okay. Okay. You you just got off tour, correct? Uh, sort of. Yeah. There was a couple fly dates, so sort of, uh, sort of not really tour. <laughs> <laughs> right. Was that with uh, Dorothy? Yes. Okay. You know, I I was not familiar with Dorothy, and I got to say, I've been listening to it since we uh, first communicated, and uh, it's good stuff. Ah well. Uh... Yeah, she's really, really cool. She's cool to work with, and her voice just is unbelievable and blows my mind. So I'm really honored to be playing with her. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, okay. Now, did you have a show last night? Uh, I did two nights ago. Actually, Monday and Tuesday. Was that with Butterside? Tuesday was with Butterside, yes. Okay. At the Whiskey, right? At the whiskey, yeah. yeah, our little home away from home. How is it playing at the whiskey? It's a lot of fun. I mean, that's like I said, it's it's our home away from home. It feels like, you know, when we're there, it's just we're we're. It feels like we're 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 supposed to be. Right. So, right. Um, it was a good time, and we played. Uh, we opened for Saint Electric, which is a Slash's Son, London Hudson's band. Okay. And they're they were really great and it was a really really fun time nice i always wanted to play the whiskey never got a chance did play cbgb though did you ever play cbgbs no that was before my time (laughs) right right okay all right unfortunately yeah 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 all right so now you're not that's one of the bummers of being that's one of the bummers of being a young guy i kind of missed out on a lot of cool stuff but, you know, but, there's still a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah, and you're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, it's It's been a good year. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you're not originally from California area, right? You're from Missouri, is that correct? Yeah, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, and how was the scene out there when you started coming up as a musician? Um, it was interesting. I mean, I started playing bars when I was 12, and it's, it was always kind of like I fell into, like, the cover band scene, I guess, more. Because um, I was in a couple, like, quote, unquote, original bands. Um, and 
there was just there wasn't really that big of a scene for that. There was a couple of venues that you could play, but nothing really that that great for that. So I started playing um, at open mic nights and stuff when I was twelve, and then that transitioned to like starting to host open jam nights when I was like fifteen, like kind of playing for the whole night nine to one, Jeez. and then uh, started playing in you know like putting my own cover bands together to play on the the weekends. So we kind of do that like four, five, six nights a week up until I was 18 and moved to LA. Wow. So when you were 12, what were you playing when you were 12? What kind of covers? Uh, it's always kind of been rock stuff. I mean, okay. when I was 12 and in my first band, it would have been like Green Day and Sun 41 and like, uh, I don't even really remember, um, but I remember Green Day and Sum 41 for sure. Maybe All American Rejects and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And then started kind of playing more with the adult musicians and kind of learning like uh, Alice in Chains or Black Sabbath songs or Judas Priest and Iron Maiden songs and stuff kind of like that more. Right. So when did you pick up a guitar? Uh, when I was 10. Okay. So when I started. So, and you're playing out in two years. So did it come pretty natural to you? Yeah, I think it kind of did. It was, uh, I really became obsessed with it and started taking lessons right away. And that's really just, it really kind of was a natural thing. And then playing on stage, it's kind of a, it's a thing. I guess some people kind of deal with being nervous about going on stage. That's like one thing I've never really dealt with. I've, I can count probably on one hand the number of times I've been nervous in my life. And uh -huh. that was because of, you know, having to play kind of in certain crazy situations, but playing on stage is basically the one place I've ever been comfortable. So yeah, you didn't it always kind of came natural. It was a, it, it felt right. Always. What, what was the time you were nervous? Uh, playing with Nuno for the first time. I bet. Nuno Betancourt. God, that had to be nerve-wracking. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you, now that, was that at a jam night, correct? That was, yeah, in uh, L.A. Did at, you know um, he was going to be there? Yeah, um, the first, first time I ever played with him was at, uh, oh, I guess it wasn't really technically a jam night. It was a Lemmy's 70th birthday party. Ah. Right before he passed away, um, uh, it was with the singer. Uh, she was called Gabby Ray at the time. Now she's called Gabriella. Right. And uh, Steve Ferlazzo, who music is the music director for Avalon, he put together this group. We did like four songs, and it was myself, Gabby, Steve, Nuno, uh, Johnny Martin from LA Guns on bass, and mm -hmm. Matt Starr from Ace Freely on drums. And we did four songs so that was the first time i'd ever played with nuno and then we kind of became friends and there was a few other times that has happened throughout the years at jams or at his house or other things like that did, did you get into a guitar duel with him kind of <laughs> did you not, 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 I, no I was just, not really i was just uh, kidding there was but... like a there was a spot at the end of one of the songs where he let me take the solo and i was soloing and um there was he kind of came over and like you know, I was soloing just next to Gabby, and he, like, tapped me on the the leg or something. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, he was right there. And I was, like, you know, jamming with him, and it was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic story but right there. He's always been really cool. He's always been really cool. Yeah, yeah. So so back to Missouri. So you, you were playing yeah. when you were 12, and then, you, you know, you kept playing the club scene. What made you decide to leave there and come out to L.A.? Um. The story with that was uh, I was all kind of set to go to college in St. Louis and kind of just stay there doing that. I was going to go to, uh, you know, school for um, like minoring in uh, like, I don't know, web design and modern, I don't know, audio engineering. I don't even really remember. Right. But um, I was at the lake with a friend, uh, Buddy Blaze, who was uh, a really important, you know, guy to me. He, was, he just passed away recently, but he was really really pivotal in getting me to move to la i mean that was kind of like my mom had always not you know my mom was like kind of always felt like that would have been the right thing to move to la and go to musicians institute the music schools where i went to but um 
I was there with Buddy and he was like, why are you doing that? You don't want to be, you know, web design and audio engineering. You want to be playing guitar, right? You should be going to MI. And so that was a big factor that, you know, was kind of like, okay, yeah. You know, right. it, so basically everything kind of changed within a couple of weeks. Wow. So and, were you, uh, I moved here. Were your parents supportive with that decision? My parents have been incredibly supportive since, you know, I started playing. I have the freaking best parents ever. They're um, awesome. They've always been just amazing. Yeah. Did they buy you your first guitar? They did, yeah. Okay. okay. Was it a Sears guitar? I know, that, but close. You, you know, that, <laughs> it was, that, it was I, some I, like knockoff acoustic, like no name brand off of eBay. And it was like uh, a penny and then $35 shipping. Oh, geez. And then that was the guitar. It was a $35 and one cent guitar. Oh, man. <laughs> and, I bet uh, the, the action was sky yeah. high. It was actually a, a, a little crappy, uh, like classical nylon string okay. guitar, but it was, but it was blue because I liked blue. And, <laughs> uh, but then I had like the guitar store put like steel strings on the nylon string guitar. I, you how, know. how did that work uh, out? It, it worked for a couple months. <laughs> it worked enough to get started. <laughs> well, that's great. So, so you head out to LA to go to school. Now, what? Let me ask you this: What are the requirements to get into MI? Um, you have to be able to play an instrument. I guess. Like, 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 do you already do you um, have to know how to already play it, or like? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do have to. You know, there's um. Yeah, you have to be able to play. And I'd been playing, um, what is that? What is the math? Eight eight years? No. Yeah, maybe eight years. Sounds good. Yeah, something, that sounds right. <laughs> okay, so, so you already know how to play. So now do you have to submit a video? Or, I mean, what, like, how do they know you know how to play? Yeah, you did have to do, like, an audition video. And then um, I think my... A couple of the videos also were for scholarships, so I had ended up getting a couple of scholarships, okay. and uh, like the musicianship and like developmental scholarships, I think something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the thing. You had to send in a video audition. Um, I kind of got connected with the head of the guitar program through my friend Buddy Blaze. Uh, they had had a relationship and. Um, so I came out and met him and I think did like a little interview thing with him mm -hmm. to, um, and like kind of toured the school and yeah, but that was really it. I think he just had to send in a video and, um, and that was it. Yeah. Now when you were in school, what, um, was it everything you thought it would be or, or more? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was really a it was an interesting environment to be around all like minded people because I never really got along with people in school and mm -hmm. stuff like in in grade school and stuff. I was kind of bullied by some jerk kids and stuff because I played guitar and had long hair. Right. And um, but then yeah, and in high school I didn't I didn't you know I had like a couple friends but nobody that I really hung out with or really you know cared about because I just cared about playing guitar and my mm -hmm. friends were the adult musicians that I was playing with so then when I moved to LA and started at MI I was suddenly surrounded with a bunch of people that were around my age and I suddenly had friends my age which mm -hmm. I had never had before mm -hmm. um, and then but the big thing was just being here and being in LA because the school doesn't like do you know, you still have to go out and do the work yourself. You got to go out and network with people and meet people. Right. Um, so that's kind of where it became, I see. you know, yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay, this is what it's like. Yeah. I would think the networking part would be very important as a musician. You know, that's the biggest thing is like, it's really kind of who you know and who you're friends with. You know, yeah. you, you've got to be able to play, but like, you know, a, a couple of the, the jobs that I feel very fortunate to have 
at the moment I have from, you know, from my friends and from the people that I knew. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is the hang, you know, cause the, yeah. you're on stage for, you know, what, a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. And then the rest of the time you're just together. Right. Right. If you're on tour. So, right. So when you got out of school, did you find a band right away or, or a job, I guess, a gig? Um, no, I kind of had, was started getting gigs while I was at school. Okay. So I was touring already while I was at school. So I had to take like a little time off and, um, I bet. So I started, yeah, while I was still at school. And then once I graduated, it just kind of more stuff started kind of picking up because I didn't have to say no to things because I was finishing school. Now, are they pretty lenient? With that, because I would think, you know, a school full of musicians that, you know, opportunities are going to come up. I mean, do they let you take that time off? They were helpful with me for sure. Yeah, I had to take like a whole quarter off Mm -hmm. um, to do like my first tour ever. Uh, And then like the next quarter after that, there was like a lot of fly dates. So they had worked with the, you know, they had given me like no classes on Thursdays and Fridays or something. That's like, fantastic. you know, they had been kind of helpful with that, which I guess wasn't really always the case. I'm not really too sure. I'm not really sure what uh-huh. everybody else's case by case basis was, but they were, they were helpful with me for sure. Right. Right. Okay. And then what was your, what was your first big job? Um, well, that's hard to say, kind of like the, uh, I guess my first kind of decent gig was, I think, playing for Gabby Ray. Cause we did, the first tour I ever did was opening for uh, the band Europe with her. Europe, huh? And hmm. yeah, the okay. final countdown. Yeah, Europe. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that, that's what I would say. But then I guess kind of first big, big gig, I guess I would, say would be faster pussycat because that's kind of like you know most people have when i say that band most people have kind of heard of them yeah so that's i guess so i would say those two gabby ray because that's when i was like like 18 18 19 and that was the first thing that was kind of got me out there and was a really cool opportunity to play with her and play really cool shows um and then fast forward to two years ago uh starting with Pussycat two and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah, Gabby, um, she's fantastic also. Um, she's an amazing singer and out singing with uh, Trans-Siberian right. Orchestra I was right just now, gonna ask. I'm incredibly happy for her. Yeah, I was just going to ask if, if she was out because I thought I saw her. I got confused for a little bit when I saw Gabby Ray and then Gabriella. Right. But it's the same person. Yeah, it is the same person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then you get... So you do that, and then how did the Pussycat gig come up? That came from uh, Ace Von Johnson, their former lead guitar player, sure. who is mm-hmm. one of my best friends. He's kind of like the older brother I never had but always wanted. Uh, <laughs> did, you he, tell, did you tell him that? I've told him that many times. Good, good. Nice. <laughs> many times. And, uh, yeah, so it came up from him. He had actually asked me, uh, before that, if I had ever kind of been, you know, if he needed a sub anytime, if I would be interested in doing it. Um, and then when it finally came up, I was like, yeah, for sure. I would, I would love to, you know, and when I went to do it, I was going just to fill in, you know, I wasn't coming in to try to steal my friend's, you know, job. I was just there to, you know, fill in and whatever happened, happened. And, and they wanted me to stay with them. And it ended up working out because Ace has L.A. guns and the time juggling the two uh, wasn't really working out. So right. it it all worked out in the end. Right, right. Now, were you familiar with Faster Pussycat when you got that gig? Not really at all, no. I just knew them from Ace and having played on the same bill at a couple shows. Mm-hmm. And I'd maybe been slightly familiar with a song or two, but... I wasn't very familiar with the whole catalog. Okay. Okay. Um, so what was your, uh, your reaction when, like, when you first met the guys? Were you like, this is, this is going to be cool, or 
Was it a little weird? What was what was going through your head? Huh. Um, I was a little nervous about it because I just you know I heard stuff from Ace and you know just hearing one one side you know some stories or whatever you know. Right. But it turned out that everybody was really really cool. I yeah. met everybody and we started rehearsing and I realized that Danny is the uh, Danny the bass player. Slim Tender is the funniest person uh, <laughs> to ever walk the face of the earth. And uh, then I soon realized, oh, everybody else is pretty funny too. Yeah, and yeah. We, we got along pretty much right away. Okay. And did you go in there knowing the songs to a T, or did you just kind of get make your way through them? No, pretty. I, when I learn stuff, I like, I, I learn it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, there was kind of like, there's little like certain spots, I guess, where guitar solo wise, I feel like there's liberties to take. But to, for the most part, I want to play the songs like, the songs because I know at least for myself when I go see a show and like I, I want to hear the solos and the songs like they're supposed to be right you don't want people looking at you like what the fuck's he doing yeah like if <laughs> if you know if the guy in the front's favorite solo is Jack the Bastard I don't want to be playing something that is not what the song <laughs> you know not what's on the song so yeah. it, you know yeah Okay. Yeah. So, so you were with Fast Pussycat, and then what was the next gig you got in Butterside? No, I was with Butterside before. For, so, so before actually, them. Yeah. Okay. So I guess chronologically, it would have been, um, it was Gabby, Gabby Ray, and then I think Butterside ah. came after that. Like I played a couple, sh but I played the Butterside thing was complicated because I played a couple shows with them and then I couldn't tour with them because I was finishing school. So I was with them and I wasn't. And then I was then, um, I started playing with a band knee high Fox. So that was third, I guess. And then there's some other LA local stuff too, but these are just right. like things that I've toured with and I worked with for a decent amount of time. Um, and then Butterside came back around. Uh, so then I joined before the second record. So the spiritual violence uh, record that came out last year uh, right. that we recorded like uh, four years ago. I see. And, um, I see. So I... Butterside was next. Okay. Yeah, so so let, let's back up a little bit then. How did you, who'd you meet? Patrick? Yeah. Patrick had, I met him, I think at like a Dio event, like a, a, like like a ride for Ronnie uh -huh. thing. And um, one day he had just hit me up on Instagram and was like, you know, hey, do you want to jam? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, so I went and jammed with him and then ended up playing a couple shows. And uh, I've always liked Patrick. Uh -huh. He's, uh, you know, I've always admired his drive and just uh it almost felt like i get along really well with him yeah his so. story his story i had him on the show too and we had a long conversation about his story and it's a, a pretty amazing story he created for himself it's it's an intense one for sure yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely yeah so you guys but, you know he's he's sober and i'm also i'm, I'm i guess call it been alive 26 years so i'm 26 years sober oh, because wow. i've never drank or done drugs so um yeah we get we get along well with that too good good yeah yeah I, I, you know that seems to be the way to go i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> right? know but um just from from playing in bars since i was 12 i just had no interest in even starting just because i was like yeah it's not for me yeah i care about you know it's it's not about the other, I'm an interesting person, I guess. It's not about the other rock and roll elements. I'm about the music. I care about that and that only, really. I'm not down for the partying or anything. I'm down for hanging all the time. Sure, I'll hang sure. with the people that are partying and having a good time, but uh, the partying, just not for myself. Yeah, yeah. You said, are you at a restaurant? Is it is it a little noisy? No, it's fine. I just I, I every now and then I'll hear the background. It sounds like a, a restaurant. I'm a, I'm downtown. I'm actually in a lobby of a hotel because um, uh, 
one of my favorite guitar players is uh, Jerry Cantrell. Yeah. He's doing this thing today in L.A. at the uh, the Grammy Museum. So I came downtown early. And I was like, okay, I'll find a quiet spot. And I found this hotel lobby, and I thought, in comparison to the street, it was quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, okay. What what time does that start? Um, I think it's in like seven seven thirty. It's it's in like a, it's we got plenty of time. Okay, okay. I didn't want you to so have to I, miss I just that. Came, no, I just <laughs> came down here early and uh, and just hanging out. We okay. got all the time. You by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So we were talking about, where were we? Butterside. So you yes. couldn't play with them the first time. Then you joined Faster Pussycat. And then how did Butterside circle back? Um, Butterside. So no, uh, I played with Butterside and then I joined Butterside officially before Faster Pussycat. Oh, okay. So I'd been with Butterside for a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then Faster Pussycat nice. came along. Okay. And then Dorothy came along after that. Okay. So you joined Butterside um, and recorded on Spiritual Violence? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, when yeah, record, and then we, you know, toured, played some shows. We'd done like uh, Wacken in Germany a couple of years ago, right after I like joined, joined for real. Wow. Um, and then, uh, Fast forwarding to now, we're doing all kind of new music with a new. Uh, when I joined, there was a different lineup in the band, uh, and then we kind of revamped that uh, about three years ago. Yeah. And now, now there's a we have a bunch of new music kind of coming out, uh, kind of every six weeks. That's the five of us have written together. Right. So you have two of those out, right? With voices and ghost lighting. Voices and Ghost Lighting, yes. Okay. Now, so those two were written by the current lineup. Yeah. Okay. And they're both badass songs, I got to say. I, you know, Thank you very much. Butterside is, that. I said it on the show a couple times, actually, um, is probably my favorite current band, I got to say. Aw. Yeah. I mean, it's excellent, the whole album. Oh, well, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. The, uh, we're, we're very... We're very. I'm very personally excited about the new stuff. Um, we have we put out two songs. There's um, six more that we have like ready to go, and then we're gonna do just keep doing more. Uh, I basically just sit around and try to write riffs all the time and try to write stuff that seems like it would be cool or heavy, and then uh, we get together and jam, and then everybody kind of throws in their ideas and then we uh take it to producer mac good out in uh, tempe arizona and he kind of just turns it into what you hear so do you do a lot of the writing like who comes up I with do. the riffs you I, I would say myself mostly yeah okay. i mean we all work and try to contribute stuff but a big majority of stuff i feel like i do nice um so in the studio, what are you using as far as equipment-wise? Do you do you mic your cabinets or do you go direct? What are you doing? It's actually it's a combination uh, for Butterside. It's a combination of old and new. So we're doing we use amps, we use amp heads, but it runs into something called an aux box, mm -hmm. which then goes into like an iPad, and there's like a a digital cab simulation thing so it's real amps but with digital cabs so there's no cab miking um i see so that's okay. really cool and we've used um so far uh we were using our freedman's i have a freedman small box and then we also used uh matt the producer he had an old school mesa rectifier that i knew, used on a couple things um on the newer batch of songs that we just did that'll be coming out um later uh i know we used a friedman cantrell head and a Sol uh soldano i think it was an slo 100 um and then guitars are usually always like mike gibson's les pauls and stuff yeah you're a les paul guy right 
I like bus paws a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had a, he had a cool 335 that we used on some stuff. He has a cool Strat that I used on a few things. Um, but for me, it's mostly Les Pauls into something that sounds like a Marshall, which is a Friedman. Right. Well, you get a great sound. I got to say. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Now, do you do the same thing with the Faster Pussycat? With Faster for recording, uh, for live stuff, everything is the same. It's mm -hmm. like Les Paul into the Friedman. Different pedal board setups for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and then, you know, I set the amp differently. More gain, less gain, depending on the, the job. Sure. But uh, for faster recording-wise, uh, we use uh, Taney's Kemper. Okay. And uh, and that's what has been on the new stuff that has come out so far. Nola and Pirate Love, that's all done with a Kemper. Okay, okay. Do you, do you like doing recording, the, you know, that way? Uh, with a Kemper? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really as fun, but at the same time, it's, it's cool too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, they're two different things, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I still like, I'll still get experimental and bring pedals over and put pedals in front of the camper and cer certain things that kind of liven it up a little bit. Like uh, I have a solo Dallas uh, Schaefer replica pedal that'll kind of liven it up and make it a little more amp like, um, you know, it's, I like it cause it's, kind of simple yeah so i don't i don't really i don't dislike it but it's also i i prefer using amps sure. if that's possible right 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 um so with butterside too you guys I, I talked to patrick about this too your videos are killer how, how much <laughs> fun you. is that how much fun? It depends on the video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot of work, but it's got to be a blast. Yeah, it's it. Ultimately, yeah, seeing the end result is really fun. A video like Voices, where we're standing in, uh, you know, three feet of snow and it's freezing cold. Right. That wasn't the most fun to make. <laughs> but like the last one, uh, well, we just did another one. But the one that just came out, Ghost Lighting. We were all dressed up as Scooby Doo. That was pretty fun to make. Yeah. The the playing stuff, it was funny. The playing stuff for ghost lighting was fairly simple and painless because as far as videos in the past, you have to do it a million times and then it's just right. like, Oh my gosh, we're all just like dead. And then um the playing stuff all went fairly easy and then it was like, Oh, okay, acting time. Yeah. Then it got fun. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> I've recorded one video in my life, and it it sucked. I gotta say, it was <laughs> we we were in this like soundstage type place though. It was just all white, and it was yeah, pretty boring if you ask me. But we were there like uh, fourteen know, hours. Yeah, they do take a very long time. Yeah. That was uh, the video that we just did a couple weeks ago. That will be coming out actually in a couple weeks from now. Uh, that was a I believe it was a 19-hour day. I think what, it was a 19-hour day. Can you say the song or no? Uh, sure, why not? It's called <laughs> Too Far. Too Far? Okay. All right. Yeah. For, when that's coming out we when? Actually, um, we just play, we played it at the, uh, the whiskey show. We weren't sure if we were going to do it because we, we've kind of been like trying to wait to play any of this new stuff till uh -huh. it's actually out but we kind of just said screw it and we wanted to play the song because it's yeah. going to be coming out in a couple weeks so uh the song is called too far okay i'll have to watch for that um so when with these videos uh, by the way how'd you get velma why'd you get that role <laughs> <laughs> everybody's role it was kind of natural selection <laughs> so, i mean you made a good velma but I was just wondering how you got picked for that one. Um, I was actually pretty happy with my role <laughs> because uh, I felt like I got off easy because it was, it was everything kind of made sense. It was like, well, Patrick has to be Fred because he's the singer and he's kind of like the leader or right. whatever. So Patrick has to be Fred. And then um, our bass player and drummer, Gabe and Jeff involved, uh, they, 
enjoy recreational activities. So they needed to be Scooby and Shaggy. <laughs> so then it, it was just kind of natural for them. Uh, Gabe eating the food was very natural role for him. So that's why Scoob, uh, Shaggy worked for him. <laughs> and then that left Logan and I to be the girls, which kind of uh, made sense. Right. And, okay. um, and I mean, yeah, luckily he got, he got Daphne and I got Velma. That's awesome. That's awesome. Honestly, the biggest thing that I was annoyed about was having to wear orange. Why? I was fine with everything else. I was fine with the wig. I was fine with, you know, <laughs> everything else. It was just the orange. What's wrong with the orange? The orange got on my nerves, man. It's not black. <laughs> <laughs> it's bright. Well, you could have been a goth Velma, I guess. No, <laughs> but um, no, it it was cool. I was, uh, it was, you know, we wanted to do something funny because I feel like we're a pretty funny group of people and we try to not take ourselves too seriously. Uh -huh. I mean, we wanted to play the playing stuff to look cool, you know, cause we want to look cool. But at the same time, like we were very, we're a very joking bunch of people. So yeah, um, no, it's fun. People, you know, make people laugh yeah it was a fun video oh, thank you um all right so butterside to dorothy how'd that transition come about dorothy came along from i think half of it was from uh her bass player uh, slash md elliot lorengo i've been friends with him for a long time we first played together with gabby ray and then we did, you know, we've done a bunch of other gigs together throughout the years. And so I think it partially came from him and then partially came from Ace also, because Ace is good friends with Dorothy. Okay. And he was talking to her about me. And then he brought her to the Viper Room where I was playing at a jam night. And I met her and, you know, she came to see me play. So I played and. Um, then we talked and she was like, yeah, I, you know, I want to have you jam with my band. You want to jam with my band? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down to jam with your band. <laughs> and um, then COVID happened. Uh. So that was February. That was February 2020 when I met her. So then COVID happened. And then um, I kept in touch with her and she was sending me some demos and having me try solos on them. So it's kind of a weird thing because for faster and for Dorothy, I didn't have to really audition or I guess my audition was Ace telling Tammy, here's your guitar player. And then sending him like a video of me playing. And then with Dorothy, I guess the audition was her coming to the Viper room. And then we just kind of became friends and started talking, you know, right. talk on Instagram and stuff. Um, and then I started, you know, she was sending me demos to try solos on. And then she asked if I wanted to go to New York to record her record. And that happened. Um, most of that ended up getting scrapped, unfortunately, because she ended up going a different direction. But uh, one of the songs we did in New York will be on her record that comes out next year. Nice. Are you going to continue touring with her? Definitely. I very much want to. I'm trying to uh, maintain all three bands as long as I possibly can. That's got to be hard to juggle. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, it, it really keeps things interesting, though, you mm. know, because I, like I said, like coming up playing in bars since I was 12 and, and playing in all the different cover bands, I was kind of used to juggling different things and playing all different stuff. So it keeps it really interesting playing different stuff. You know, it's all rock music, but it's all different styles. Like Butterside now is fairly heavy. And then Faster Pussycat's just like rock and roll. And then mm -hmm. Dorothy's kind of also just rock and roll, but like a different kind. It's mm -hmm. kind of a little vibier. There's kind of more space to kind of, you know, that's a, a band where solos, it's like I was kind of specifically told to not play what's on the record. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of okay. like do whatever you want, which is kind of cool. So you, so you like doing that? I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just did a, uh, you know, we just did this show, Welcome to Rockville, which um, is, I think it's like the biggest show I've probably ever played. It was, it was 
I don't know, 30, 40, 50,000 people. I don't know how many people were there, but there was a lot of people. And um, yeah, I think most, I... Of that, most of the solos I was playing was just improv on the spot. Just whatever happened, happened. So Is I that... do enjoy that kind of thing. Who's making that racket back there? Oh, sorry. Is it kind of, <laughs> kind well, of noisy? No, that know. noise. Who's, uh, who's making that? The beeping. Yeah, who's doing that? I'm not sure. Go. I need you to go find them immediately. <laughs> and stab them. <laughs> have them. Yeah. Have them removed from the building. Okay. Hopefully, it's, <laughs> hopefully it stays quiet. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm you're sorry, good. You know what? It's no nothing. Nothing big. It's not loud at all, really. I'm okay. just. I'm just messing. Um. So yeah. So you recently posted, not too long ago, like today. A video of that of a lead that you were playing right was that from that show yeah yeah that was from that show yeah yeah that's badass lead so you were just all just doing that on the fly yeah basically that just that's what happened <laughs> can you do like i mean a, like I, I, I sometimes have ideas in my head of what i'm going to do and then other times it just kind of I just try to not think about it and sometimes it's cool. And then sometimes it's not really as cool, but hopefully more <laughs> times out of not, it's okay. You ever get up there and you're like ready to rock this lead. And then whatever you play is just doesn't come out what you were thinking was going to happen. Uh, not as much anymore, but when <laughs> I was younger, yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be not as much anymore, but, um, you know, but then, yeah, it just it just kind of depends, but I feel like more I've, I've been doing uh, a little better at kind of being consistent. Uh-huh. You know, because I want to be I want to be consistent, and it kind of annoys me when stuff isn't consistent. So that's something I've kind of I've worked on myself. Yeah. Over 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 you know like quarantine and stuff. I you know everybody had all the time in the world, so you know I was sitting at home playing a lot and kind of working on that kind of stuff. Okay. What what would be a, something that's difficult for you on guitar? Like what do you, what do you struggle with? What any certain techniques or anything? Uh, let, let's not talk about this, so I can <laughs> keep taking my way through everything. <laughs> uh, but no, like uh, finger picking is something I don't enjoy. Okay. Just cause yeah, finger picking is is something that I've never really liked doing because I'm really actually I'm really bad about sitting down. And practicing like actually kind of being regimented and practicing i'm really kind of bad about it i sit down and i'll play and i'll kind of work and try to find new licks and try to find weird sounding chromatic stuff or whatever but i'm really bad about um about you know like practicing in yeah. general so um that's that's something that i've never really there, there's a lot of guitar players out there on. A lot of guitar players out there right now that are hating you. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I just lost a couple of gigs because of it. <laughs> because of, because <laughs> no. of what? Oh, are you kidding? No, kidding. Yeah, okay. Kidding. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, so where were we? Dorothy? Dorothy is, you said you're going to go back out with Dorothy. Yeah, that's where um, we were. Okay. I know Pussycat. I, I know Pussycat has dates next year. Uh, Dorothy has stuff in the works for next year. Butterside has stuff in the works for next year. Um, I think the biggest thing with Butterside is you know we kind of just need to be putting out our stuff and kind of trying to build you know a base of people online. You know, because it's it's uh, it's not like you know a Dorothy or a Faster where they're kind of already established groups that people know about somewhat mm -hmm. so um you know we're working on that you know and I, right. I want i want the band to be able to get to that point to to be that type of thing you i know, don't see why you can't it's I mean, really what'd you say i don't i don't see why that you can't make that happen i mean a lot goes into it i'm sure but the music yeah. and the players everything's fantastic so and we all actually really like each other. We're all best friends. And That's we talk important. All day, every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't hate each other yet. <laughs> Have you guys gone <laughs> on any big tours together yet or no? Uh, has Butterside done any big tours with, together? With, we did, with the um, group of guys you have now. 
we uh we've done a few things yeah we did a, a couple short runs with la guns and we did like a little short run uh just ourselves because we had to go uh we were recording in arizona and then we were going to rocklahoma to play so mm-hmm. we did a couple shows around that and um driving back to la 36 hours straight we got back and we still did not hate each other there you go so now uh, are you guys putting this stuff out on your own yeah yeah okay okay um i think it's through it's through a company called one rpm but we're not like signed with anybody anymore are you actively shopping or are you going to continue on your own that is a good question I think we have some friends that are that are you know trying to, you know, trying to shop it, and we have a whole team of people that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And uh, but right now it's just kind of all, all kind of, you know, ourselves, with the you know with the direction of uh, the, the people that we're working with. Yeah, well, I mean, you yeah. know, nowadays I've I've had the conversation with a bunch of people about you know whether or not to go with the label or not to go with the label, do it on your own, you know? So, I mean, I guess it just depends on what the label offers these days. Right. Yeah. I guess it's that, you know, I mean, everything's really hard. You know, trying to build stuff up on social media is difficult with the algorithms. You know, if you post a picture of a, you know, a dog or your, uh, your sandwich that you're eating, it's, uh, you know, you get a bunch of hits on it, but then if you post a thing about your song coming out or if you post something saying link in bio, it kind of just hid, hides it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And, um, you know, we're trying our best to try to navigate around that. But, you know, just kind of, I'm kind of like a see what happens right. person, you know? I'm hopeful. I hope for the best and try to be optimistic about things. Sure. Well, it's a good attitude to have. Good way to look at it. What um do you have songs that you've written on your own that you haven't presented to a band that you're just keeping for yourself, maybe for your own thing one day? I have a couple, mm-hmm. I guess. But um I've got a lot of songs stacked up though. Do you? There's there's like yeah, there's like over a hundred. Uh, oh wow. Kind of just all stacked up and um but I, I've kind of been trying to show like the coolest stuff. You know, it, it depends. I, I write stuff. I've, I've written a few things for Pussycat that, have, that you know, are kind of just sitting on the back burner at the moment because the stuff we're working on is stuff that Tammy's kind of had. So we're working on some of that stuff. And, um, but with Butterside, it's, um, you know, I've kind of shown like all the stuff that I have. Uh, and then when I mostly go to write, it's kind of for that, mm-hmm. but that's just because that's like naturally the kind of stuff that I write. So if I'm going to sit down and kind of work on something for Pussycat, it's, it's not going to be tuned down low right. and it's not going to be like, you know, real kind of modern sounding. Sure. If I'm sitting down working on something for Butterside, it's going to be tuned down lower. It's going to have an octave pedal probably on it. Or I'm going to be playing with my baritone or, um, you know, that's kind of the vibe, I yeah, guess. Yeah. It just kind of depends. It depends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, what time is it? You got to go here soon, right? I, I don't want I'm, you to I'm miss Jerry. For, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm good for however okay. long. So Jerry Cantrell, now is he one of your influences, your big influences? Very much so. Okay. Is he your favorite? I would say he's my favorite, yeah. Wow. Have you met him? I have a couple times and he's always been he's always been nice. Okay. Does he know you? Does he know who you are? No. 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 You got But um I know I know a couple friends that have like worked in their camp. Uh-huh. A couple people that have worked in the Allison Shane's camp and um uh a couple of my other favorite guitar players I've I've met and maybe they would remember but, um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you'll meet him again tonight. Is that an option or no? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to see him play. Cause yeah. he just put out a solo record and, uh, I saw this, this thing about him playing at the Grammy museum. 
I'd never been to the Grammy Museum, so I was like, oh, I really want to check this out. And I saw this right after I had a rehearsal, and I was like, oh my gosh! And I got on and I bought a ticket, and uh-huh. then a few minutes later, it was sold out. So it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Where is the Grammy? Yeah. Where is it? It's downtown here by the Staples Center. Okay. Uh, which is soon to be named something else. I'm hearing like crypto.com. Yeah, I saw name. that. I'm like, I'm like, whatever. It's always going to be the Staples Center. <laughs> right, right. All right. Um, what else? What else you got going on? I think that's uh, that's kind Sums of most it of it right now. Just kind of, uh, you know, Dorothy's going to have her record drop at near the beginning of, of the year. Just, I don't think I'm getting in trouble by saying that. I think she's <laughs> mentioned it. Um, uh, and, you know, there's a song on there that I played on. Um, and then Pussycat is going to keep working on stuff. We're working on the next two songs, the next single and a B-side, um, which will hopefully be out sooner than later. I'm trying to hurry it along as much as I possibly can. Uh, and then, um, Butterside's just going to keep putting out stuff every like six weeks. I think the next song, uh, again, I don't think I can really get in trouble for saying this, so I'm going to say it. I, uh, the next song too far is coming out. I believe it's going to be December 3rd. Okay. Uh, so it's in a couple weeks. Yeah. And, uh, we have a couple shows in Vegas with LA guns. Nice. Uh, faster has new year's day, January 1st, 2022 at the whiskey. Um, and then I'm doing like a video with Dorothy coming up and she has a couple other things that we were just talking about today that we're going to be doing in the next few weeks too. Man, you're busy. It's, it's been a lot right now. Like every day is I have like, I'm going home for Thanksgiving next week and then I get like one day to kind of chill and hang out cause I'm playing a couple gigs back home too. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like every day is kind of spoken for, uh, for the next few weeks um that's that's kind of my favorite type of schedule i'm happiest when i'm busy sure and and i love it i love being able to you know i just i'm happy to be working yeah now let me ask you this so faster pussycat you guys were playing some shows like pretty early in the in the i don't know what you want to call it when everything started to open up you were playing some shows pretty early during that right yeah when the apocalypse started to yeah. cease. Yeah, um, yeah. Even How... though I, I, it, it's still kind of going on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's yeah. go, going up. I don't know. But how, how were those shows? Uh, how were the crowds? The shows were great. The tour was great. There was a lot of sold-out shows. Um, it, was, it was really, really cool. I know we were, we were one of the first bands, you know, out of like maybe five, ten bands that were really kind of going out and doing – full on tour yeah you know, full we did a full seven weeks and it was great it was really really great we had enough enough out with us and those guys were a lot of fun and um just making silly videos every day with danny and chip and <laughs> it was uh it was a really good time mm-hmm. was there any concerns it was going also into a, it? it was also exciting to be out supporting the new song nola that had come out in May, and then we took off in June. Right, and you're doing a voice box or what, or something like that on that song, right? Yeah, talk box all over. Talk it. box, yeah. Now, how how yeah. does that work? I mean, what do you stick that tube in your mouth and just what, how's it work? Yeah, basically, it's uh, the guitar runs into the talk box, which is a, a pedal, and uh, then when you turn it on, the signal gets cut off to the amp so for live what i would do i would i would run two amps and i would have it running into the second amp so that one amp would cut out and one amp would keep going so it just kind of was a little fuller uh-huh. uh and then it also gave the effect of when you turn the talk box off the other amp came in again um but yeah and you're just kind of moving you know kind of do it with your mouth with the tube uh-huh. and um it's kind of funny how that happened because i had talked to tammy about like doing talk box on another song and then he was thinking about it. he called me back like the next day and was like what about talk box on nola and that was kind of the thing that kind of i guess ended up getting that song finished you know because there's a, those spots in between the verses 
and he never really know what, knew what to put there. Like he had, I guess in the past with past guitar players, he had tried putting guitar solos in there and like nothing really worked. And then we did the talk box thing and I did a couple different track takes of it. We did a couple different things. Um, I know I did like one thing on one side where it was just like in drop D playing the line. And then I did another thing where I tuned the low E string down to like a G because the first chord of the pre-chorus was a G. So I played the line and then ended it on the low note. Um, so it's kind of a layer that's in there, but uh -huh. um, it was interesting how it came about just because I suggested it for another song. And then it kind of ended up being the thing that I guess got Nola finally finished. Wow. Okay. So Faster Pussycat and Butterside are releasing singles. Is there going to be full albums later on or no? Yeah, I know Butterside, definitely the plan is to have it as a record at some point. And I think for Faster too, but for Faster, it's definitely further down the line. Uh -huh. uh, you know, just because, um, you know, it, both bands work very differently. Mm -hmm. you know, Butterside works pretty pretty fast and you know we're going to a producer and you know he works really fast you know we we go there for a week and we come out with four songs um and then you know with faster it's kind of all you know tammy does you know he's he's the one kind of at the helm you know i'm doing all the guitars and we do all the stuff but uh it just kind of moves a little bit slower uh -huh. but you know but he doesn't want to just kind of uh you know, that's just how he works, I guess. Right. So with Butterside, why do you guys go out to, uh, where did you say it was, Phoenix? Uh, Tempe, yeah. Yeah, why do you go out to Arizona? Uh, we go to work with this producer named Matt Good, who uh, works with bands like Asking Alexandria and Butcher Babies mm -hmm. and Sleeping With Sirens and bands kind of in that kind of genre, which is uh, not really completely what I listen to, even though, uh, the new Asking Alexandria album that he did with them, I believe, I think is like a total masterpiece. Uh, I think it's great. And um, Matt is, uh, he's just amazing. I mean, he's unbelievably skilled and talented. And like, you take him a song and the, my, our first experience with him, the first song we did with him was Voices. And we brought him the demo. He took it, he listened to it. And then he started drawing the song out in like piano with a MIDI, you know, in Pro Tools. Uh -huh. So he started drawing it out and they drew the vocal melody over it. And he was like, okay, this works. And then we need to change the chorus. So then, you know, he, we bring him stuff and either stuff uh, is working and it's already grad or he makes it grad. Wow. So, um, yeah, and he's just, he does all this crazy synth stuff that we love. And he's just killer at getting the best performances out of everybody and getting stuff that's really cool and getting Patrick to to sing, you know, and write, you know, I don't know. It's every, every song's different, like no, I said. But yeah. um, when, when stuff needs to get changed, when we brought him Ghost Lighting, it was a completely different song from what you hear now. Really? Um, but then when we... Uh, when we brought him a song like um, a couple more that are coming down the line later, they're not way they're not much different from how we brought them. So that's that's very cool. Um, that's amazing, you know, when people do that and it and get stuff to come out the way it does. Where yeah, you, I mean, where you would that, never think that, of doing that what they suggest. Talent to be able to do it. Do you ever see yourself getting into that kind of role? I would really like to. I mean, I don't know if it's something I would be able to. Do. I mean, I, my Pro Tools skills are very basic at best, but like, it's definitely something that I would love to be able to do. I feel like I kind of have an ear for stuff in general. Like I can kind of hear when it's like, eh, like that's not really working or yeah. feel like I've gotten quicker at coming up with ideas that are cool for things on the spot so maybe i don't know it, it would be something cool to be able to to do one day yeah i don't say no to things so right. i say never say never we'll see so do you pay attention when you're in the studio with these guys very much so good yeah okay good yeah i mean because i also just want to have an idea in general of like 
uh, no, that's not something that's going to work or like, no, that's not like, you know, like I said, I try to not really say no to things, but at the same time, like kind of have, it's, it's hard to say, it's hard to kind of describe and put into words, but I feel like I've gotten a better sense of, you know, like, okay, Matt's going to probably think this is cool Mm -hmm. or this part for this kind of thing is probably going to be cool. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Okay. Okay. All right, Sam. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me on the show. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime. It was great. Um, Tell Patrick I said, hey, you know, you guys keep doing it, what you're doing. It's coming out fantastic. I'm really excited to see what, uh, you know, what the future holds for you guys. I am, too. I appreciate it very much. (laughs) And uh, thank you, man. I'm I'm stoked that you you dig the stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. All right, buddy. Well, listen, you take care. Have fun with Jerry, and uh, we'll, we'll talk later. All right. You too, man. Thanks. See you. That's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.